This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When I was growing up, my mom would make dinners, make family dinner, right? But she was a very picky eater. So a lot of times she would be making meals that she wouldn't eat. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think she taste tested them. I think she would just follow recipes. It's bold. Yeah, it's a bold move. And then if my dad said, oh, this is, he would probably give input and then she would make an adjustment for next time. But I, she was just such a, a picky eater and had such a small, I, I guess, list, a small menu that she would choose from that her, most of the meals she prepared were blind meals. And that's why I felt confident accepting a challenge to make a peach-based dessert for Callie on Saturday night. And and my parents. And, your, and Callie's parents. But Callie loves fresh peaches. And I don't, I don't dislike peaches, but I do. You just don't really eat fruit. It's just like all the apples and bananas and stuff, like occasionally a strawberry, but I'm not a big fruit guy. So I don't even know what a ripe peach is supposed to feel like. None of that. So Callie picks out the peaches and I prepare this dessert after what I thought was an outstanding entree. Oh, it was so good. It was delicious. And the description of the peach dessert, I was so so excited about because it sounded delicious. It's real simple. You cut peaches in half and and take the the pit out. Then you put a a tiny little bit of butter in the hole where the pit was. And then you sprinkle cinnamon and brown sugar on top. You cook it in the oven, 350 degrees for 10 to 15 minutes. And what's supposed to happen is the sugar and the butter caramelize on top. And then the peach is supposed to get real mushy or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of eat it out of the peel, you know, like, like a bowl with it. And you're supposed to be able to you use a spoon and it's, it's supposed to be like a cobbler type thing. Yeah. I, I give it to everybody. I'm not having it. I'm just having the ice cream cause I don't care for peaches. And I watch as people jab at it with their spoon, then pick up their fork, then go get a knife. And nobody's really saying anything, but it looks like it's more work than it should be. So I say to everybody, how is it? And everybody's like, oh, it's good. It's good. It's good. And I'm watching Callie saw at it like you with a butter knife, the way you would try to cut a piece of fruit with a butter, like a peach with a butter knife. I'm like, is it not mushy? And, and Callie goes, no, it's a little, it's, it's, a, it's not warm. And her mom's across the table going, but it's good. It tastes good. It's good. And and her dad's like, is it supposed to be baked? I'm like, what are you guys talking about? It was so awkward at the table. I went and checked. I forgot to turn the oven on. So I set it <laughs> and, and I didn't even notice it because I had warmed up some dinner rolls before. So the oven was still warm. So I didn't notice that it wasn't on, on, but I put the peaches in the oven, cooked them for the designated 
10 to 15 minutes. Thought they looked a little weird, but sometimes things don't match the way they look on the Pinterest. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, eh, it probably tastes fine. And then carefully using a pot holder or an of glove, removed the not hot pan from the oven, set it down, used tongs to remove the not hot peaches from the not <laughs> hot pan, and then put them on a plate, sent them over to the table, only to find out I served everybody basically a raw peach with a pat of butter and sugar and cinnamon. And we and all ate it. And it was hilarious. And we were laughing. I'm pretty sure my mom was laughing until she cried. <laughs> so. I just, it was, it's just funny to do that because everybody, and it brought back a memory. I remember being at my grandmother's house, my mom's, mom's house. Mm -hmm. And grandma had prepared as usual, because I was also a pickier eater as a, as a kid. I'm still picky now. I was about to say, you're still a picky eater. But it was much more picky. And my grandmother had prepared like a fancy meal for the rest of the family. But my mom and I were just having hamburgers. Mm -hmm. And I remember it not tasting right. I don't remember what was wrong with it. But my mom didn't say anything because she knew that I would. I was like eight. You know, I was a kid. Do you remember kid. what it is? What it was? I think it, either the meat was bad or there's no, like too much salt. I don't remember what it was, but it was, it was inedible. But my mom took a bite and she's like, oh, this is terrible. But I'm not going to say anything because I know Jeffrey will. And I feel like that's what happened at the entire, everybody was just like. Waiting for me to say something. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything. Somebody will bring it up. Callie will handle it. It was kind of a group effort. And I feel like, again, that's karma getting me for making fun of you for not turning the crock pot on last week. Mm-hmm. The upside means living in gratitude, finding the positive in every experience, and helping other people do the same. You are now part of the movement. Welcome to The Upside with Callie and Jeff. This episode is brought to you by Dinner Affair. If this is your first episode of The Upside, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. My name is Jeff Dollar, and today I am grateful for the Furminator. It's a dog brush. And it's a miracle. I think it's worker. called the Furliminator. That too, the Furliminator. It sounds cooler, the Furminator. Whatever it is, it's expensive. It's like 35 bucks for a dog brush, but it's the greatest. It's the only dog brush you'll ever buy. It's indestructible, number one, and it's fantastic. And the dogs love it. And the dogs love it. It's like a little doggy spa day. My name is Callie Dollar, and I am grateful for family-filled weekends. I want to share a story that played out across about a dozen tweets on Twitter that I read this weekend that mm -hmm. I thought was so good because it's succinct and it's entertaining, but the message at the end is so important for all of us to remember. And I think my guess is by the time I get to the end of this, 90 Five out of a hundred people who hear it will raise their hand and goes, yeah, that's me. I need, I, I needed to hear that. Okay. All right. The guy, cause I want to give him credit is named Nathan Howe. According to his Twitter bio, uh, he's from Colorado and he's a musician and educator and, uh, he's got a YouTube. So I'll, um, retweet it. So if you want to go follow Nathan Howe, this is what he writes. Several years ago, a neighbor kid kicked a football and shattered a small basement window in my house. We were a family of six living on a teacher's salary. 
So I simply boarded it up, thinking I would get to repairing it someday. The frame was completely rusted shut, and I couldn't fix it. Over the years, sometimes I would get estimates from window companies or contractors, and, of course, they wanted to upgrade the whole house to energy-efficient windows, yada yada, $15,000. It was simply something that was completely out of reach. In the meantime, I boarded up the... In the meantime, the boarded up window let in bugs, did not let in light. One contractor explained that because the location of the window with the frame embedded in the foundation, that whoever replaced it would have to chisel it out by hand, which would be labor intensive and expensive. And there were six of those windows in the house that would have to be done. Honestly, the thought of that window ate at me regularly for years. Every time I went to the basement, every time I went to the hardware store, that project nagged at me. I knew I needed to address it, but I had built up the process and the price so much in my mind that I was paralyzed. Then my wife got a new job. We needed to move. And I knew that a potential buyer couldn't get a loan on the property if there was a broken window. So I pulled off the boards. I ripped down the cardboard that I put up there. And I faced the broken window that I have not addressed in the past five years. And I thought, what the heck? I'm going to have to pay for it anyways. So I grabbed some WD-40, sprayed the frame, and gave it a tug. And to my astonishment, it moved. I pulled the window out, took it to the hardware store. It was a $12 fix. I could have fixed the problem for $12 the same day it happened, but I let it haunt me for years, shutting out light, letting in bugs. And I finally fixed it for somebody else. It didn't need to be the most efficient. It just needed to be a window. The story is true, but this isn't really about a window. But it's a decent reminder. Many of us, especially people who deal with ADHD, anxiety, or depression, tend to live with broken windows of one type or another for years. Everybody's broken windows are different. They're things that seriously affect our quality of life, and we know they need work. But the actions to address them seem too daunting. I've still got plenty of them myself. But if you recognize yours after hearing this story, here are a few reminders. One, an imperfect solution now is better than a perfect solution that will never happen. Oh, my gosh. I got to write that on my mirror. Yeah, you do. Oh, my gosh. That first one, that's the, I think that's the whole reason I'm sharing this story is because of that first reminder. An imperfect solution now is better than a perfect solution that will never happen. Two. Doing the thing is often less painful than thinking about doing the thing. Three. That is so true, by the way. Oh, always. Acknowledging how the problem is affecting you can reduce its power over you. God, this is so good. Like simply saying out loud and verbalizing what is driving you nuts about something. Yeah. All of a sudden takes away that unspoken part of the power, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, four, don't blame yourself for dwelling on broken windows. Just enjoy the light once you fix it. Five, there are some windows you can't fix by yourself. So find help for the window if you need it. And six, you don't have to fix them all right now. Just start by starting with one. Wow. 
That's awesome. Is there a link to that? Um, I can just link to the first tweet and then they're all connected. So you can read the whole thing. You should put that in the um, pick me up this week. Okay. Thank you, Nathan Howe, for sharing that on Twitter. I was Insta-storying from my car a couple days ago. While you were parked safely, right? While I was safely parked. And I noticed how filthy my car is. And Jeff and I both like to have neat cars. Like we don't keep a lot of junk in our cars. We, I mean, our cars are both relatively clean most of the time. And Jeff Dollar, I would say, prides himself actually on having a clean car. I know people joke about it, but I'm convinced that my car runs better if it's tidy and clean. We have not cleaned my car in months because we were behind on cleaning it before. Then the stone for my engagement ring, the big one, fell out, like the center stone, right? The important one fell out. We think, well, we know either somewhere between the house, my car, and my work, and it could be anywhere. So Jeff, who would normally take my car to be cleaned, because I don't like I getting my car cleaned is one of my pet peeves, but that's a story for another day. And he's like, I don't want to take it in because what if they suck up the diamond and the diamond is somewhere in the car? So we've been letting my car build up. Posted this on Instagram over the weekend. I got the most genius idea from someone. Multiple people. I don't know how everyone seems to know this little trick. I don't know what you are losing in your cars, but is this a trick about finding the diamond? Yeah. If it's in the car, I think logically, I don't think it could be in the car. If you, if you didn't hear the story a couple months ago, when it happened is at the end of Callie's workday, which happens to be at at 10 AM, uh, her coworker, Robin looked down at her hand and said, Oh my gosh, where is the stone? Where's your diamond? Where's the diamond in your in your ring? And then Callie looked and said, oh my gosh, I don't think it's possible that you could be in the office from 4 a.m. to 10 a.m. and not notice that it was missing. I don't think so either. <clears throat> but the reason that I am paranoid about it being in my car is the only time that I can remember hitting my hand or hitting whatever was in my car. My phone dropped down in between the seats and I had to use both hands to get it out. And that's the only time I can think of the whole morning that something would have hit like the ring. Like you weren't like going through a file cabinet and bang and banged it on your way out or anything like that. Yeah. Nothing that I can remember. So, so logically that there is an argument for it being and not being in your car. And we are just FYI, we've already Replace the stone. Well, we've already inspected the car 20 times. Yeah. I waited till it was like super dark in the garage. And then I took, somebody had an idea to take a flashlight to it because it would sparkle sparkle. like you would see it. So I did that. Um, Jeff wanted to take a magnet to it, but then we realized that diamonds are magnetic. So that wasn't. I never said that. Somebody said that. I thought like. I am smart enough to know that you can't attract a diamond with a (laughs) magnet. Don't try to put that on me. (laughs) I can't remember who said that. And then someone this weekend was like, oh my gosh, you know what you do? You take a um, a vacuum cleaner at your house because we don't want to vacuum it at the car place. Right. Then we'll never see it again if it's in there. That's my fear is that it just gets sucked up in one of those giant car wash vacuum th- it's gone tanks forever. and then that it just it's in there and yeah. it's gone so they said get one of those like vacuums with the um that has the hose atta- attachment or whatever uh-huh. put a pair of pantyhose over the like sucker part of it yep. and rubber band it 
So it will suck up the diamond if it's there, but it won't suck it into the vacuum. But won't that get covered with like, I don't know, broken up leaves and stuff? Yeah, but who cares? I I guess then you would just like scrape that off into another container. Yeah. That you can look at easier. Yeah. Okay. It's a brilliant idea. Isn't that so smart? What's weird is I was thinking, oh, that's someone's offhand idea. I probably got 10 other messages with the same suggestion. It's crazy. I mean, my mind was blown. Yeah, we're going to have to do that because I know I I can't. I want someone, I, I don't really, I don't want to pay anyone to do this because it seems like just a waste of time and money. But ideally, I would like the seats taken out of my car <laughs> so I can see under the seats. Because you can only see so far when you're moving them front or moving them back, you know? But if you move them all the way up, like you can see the whole back part and then you move them all the way back, you can see the whole. Not well. Really? Not well. Hmm. Well, I'm going to spend some time with it because if I could have, I would have gone to your office and spent the night. But because of the COVID restrictions, Callie's entire building is closed. Yeah, you can't get in. So the only place that I can search Pat, like with passion is your car. And I've, I've been put, it's, I've put it off too long. So, you know, what else is going to be really hard? Maybe I'll let, maybe this week I'll have you take my car to work one day and then I'll make that my morning project. Ellie will come out and sit with me and I'll just dig through it. I'll get, I, I'll get some, where do I get pantyhose? Do you have any? Like at Target probably? No, right. no, I don't have any. I don't know why I would have any. People don't wear, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, do do people wear pantyhose anymore? You got a runner in your hose. <laughs> Pretty woman. <laughs> um, not many people. I would guess maybe some people do, but yeah, you can probably get it at Target. Here's the second thing that's going to be, you know, so we don't want to vacuum the car until we're sure that there's no diamond in there. And then when we move, whenever we move out of this house, you know, that's going to, I'm going to be looking everywhere. It's not in, there's, it's not in the house. There's no you way it's in that. The, there's no way it's in that. What house. if it's like under a furniture or like under a piece of furniture or something? I don't think you could have driven to work with your hands on the steering wheel and not noticed and me. not noticed it. Look, so, um, all right. And then another. This is gonna be. This is such a random show. What's such a random Monday show? Usually our random shows are on Friday. Yeah, this is just like checking some stuff off the list that's been on the list for a while. Uh. If for our, for Ellie's first birthday, is the theme to the party first birthday or do we have to come up with something like baby shark or whatever? Like, um, theme- I don't really, I'm not really into themed parties. So, but I would say no theme, no theme, but the theme is the first birthday, right? Like kids have themed parties. Like you're not into theme parties, but when kids, she- when they're old enough to have an opinion, have themed parties. Right. But that's what I'm asking for this. The theme is just the first birthday. It, it's not like a baby shark theme. Well, I think a lot of people do that, but I think for me, I just, I don't know that I care that much. Do you? Well, I just don't, I just want to do it right. I, I don't think that she's going to be scarred by not having a theme for her first birthday. Fall is right around the corner, according to the calendar. And for most people, fall means comfort. Are you ready to be comfortable and cozy for the next few months? Well, let's do it and start with our underwear. Me Undies wants you to find your comfort in their undies, their loungewear, 
and more because MeUndies believes that comfort is more about than what's touching your skin. It's about feeling comfortable in your skin. If you are looking for the most comfortable underwear that you will ever own, look no further. MeUndies has you covered. Imagine the softest thing you've ever felt. Now imagine that same thing, but on your butt. You're now thinking about MeUndies. They're designed by the country's top softness scientists to be the softest thing you've ever worn, period. From undies to loungewear, their fabrics are breathable, light, and almost irresponsibly cozy. And you might not be able to stop lounging on the couch when you have your MeUndies on. Real talk. You've been warned. Available in sizes extra small through 4XL in a variety of classic colors and iconic prints, MeUndies will have your back and your butt all fall long. And they've got a great offer for upside listeners. First-time purchasers get 15% off and free shipping. They've also got a problem-free philosophy. If you're not satisfied with any product for any reason, they'll refund it or exchange it. No questions asked. To get 15% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash upside. That's MeUndies.com slash upside. Skincare can be so overwhelming and confusing because there are a ton of options out there. I love my skincare routine, but I've struggled for years with melasma on my forehead. And the only thing that really helped me get rid of the brown discoloration on my forehead was prescription medication. Last year, I signed up for Apostrophe, a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed oral and topical medications that are clinically proven to help clear acne and other skin concerns. Apostrophe connects you with a board-certified dermatologist who will create a personalized treatment plan just for you. I went to Apostrophe's website and took their online quiz about my skin. I uploaded a few photos of my problem areas. And the next day, I woke up with a message from a dermatologist with a prescription and an option to purchase. It was that easy. I'm still using my prescription and my skin looks better than ever every week. We have a special deal for our audience. Save $15 off your first visit with a board-certified dermatologist at apostrophe.com slash upside when you use our code upside. This code is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash upside and click begin visit. Then use our code upside at sign up and you'll get $15 off your dermatology visit. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E.com slash upside and use that code upside to get your dermatology visit and say $15. We thank Apostrophe for sponsoring this podcast. For most of us, the answer to the question, when did you last shop online can be measured in a matter of days or hours. And for me, it's hours about four hours ago. I had to pick up some stuff for making cold brew coffee at home. And here's what was awesome about that. When I shopped and I got to the checkout screen, I didn't have to stress out about that that coupon code or promo code box that always taunts you when you're checking out, but you don't have that code. And sometimes if you have the energy, you go Google it and see if you can find a code. Nope, I have Honey installed. Honey, takes manually searching for coupon codes out of the equation. It's a free browser extension that scours the internet for the promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. It supports over 30,000 stores online. So the cold brew carafe that I bought just a few hours ago saved $8 on it thanks to Honey. It cost me nothing except for a few minutes of time to install it. So Easy. Honey has found over 17 million members, 2 
billion dollars in savings. If you don't already have Honey, you are missing out on those savings. It's free and installs in just a few seconds. And by getting it, you're going to be supporting this podcast and putting money in your pocket. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash upside. That's joinhoney.com slash upside. Sign up today. Today's quote of the day is... Always remember you have within you the strength, the patience, and the passion to reach for the stars to change the world. Today's three random things are brought to you by Brown and Company Jewelers. My first random thing is the man who designed the Pringles can. His name is Fred Bauer. He is buried in one. No, he's not. I swear to you. he. Um, some of his ashes are buried in a Pringles can. I was going to say, is he cremated or did they just make a giant, like six foot tall? No, he's cremated and part of his acid, his wishes, I guess, were to have some of his ashes in a Pringles can, which, you know, it's probably good for the environment, but it's just cardboard, right? The two metal ends. I don't know. know. If anybody pops them open, it makes the little noise. If I were going to be buried in a Pringles can, I would request also that before you put me in there, you put like four chips in the bottom. Four Pringles in the bottom so I can, you know, enjoy them forever. Uh, what? You didn't food? think that joke was as funny as I did. No, it was good. It was creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, what food packaging would be most appropriate for you to be buried in? I think for me, it's obvious. It would be a um, half gallon of ice cream, an empty half gallon of ice oh, cream. Oh, see, I, I don't think so. If for- it were up to me for you, I would, you know, those um, Nestle Toll House tubs of cookie dough? Oh, yep. That could be yeah, it, you too. Would go, <laughs> you would go in there. Yep. Bury <laughs> me in a tub of cookie dough. What would I go in? Um, It depends because you're, you're so weird with your food. You're so streaky. I am streaky. <laughs> like Callie just decides like, uh, I like... Whatever, cottage cheese with fruit. And then she'll go to Costco and buy nine tubs of cottage cheese and all you for like a month. 50 ga- gallons of fruit and then blaze through that. And then she decides something else. So right now. It's so weird. I wonder how long I've been doing that. It's so odd. Like a month ago, I would say you it would be a carton of eggs because mm-hmm. you were eating eggs in the morning. You were having hard boiled eggs, you know, yeah. whatever. So. Remember before that, it would have been those chocolate-covered strawberry things that you like? Maybe it would be um, like a strawberry crate. Wait, oh, strawberry what? Crate. You know, they come in like little crates of strawberries. Oh, yeah. I love strawberries. I've loved strawberries since I was a kid. Yeah. So good. If it was when you were pregnant, we would just wrap you up in the tissue paper that they wrap pub subs up in. Yeah. Because you got that veggie sub like every day. Yeah. Mm. Uh, my second random thing is. <laughs> something to talk about over dinner. Yeah. Hey. If you die and you're going to be cremated and buried in a food box. Not the food box, but bury me with a pub sub. Okay. (laughs) Uh, My second random thing is you lose up to 30% of your taste buds during flight. Like uh, during a, like on an airplane? Yeah. So here's why I find that interesting. Do you think that when chefs that work for those like gate gourmet companies and stuff like that are taking that into consideration, they're changing the recipes accordingly? Have you done any research on that? Like why does that happen? I don't know. Huh. I don't know. And my third random thing is there is only one state with a one syllable name. Do you know what it is? I will in a second. Just let me think about it. Z-da-da. 
Um, Somebody's yelling at their phone right now. The person yelling at the phone is going to be the person from the state. Mm-hmm. Um, Iowa is a short word with a lot of syllables. <laughs> it really is. So is Ohio. Do you clap through stuff in your head? Uh-huh. You, you learned that in school, right? Yeah. Like we all did. Oh, Iowa. Iowa. Yeah. Iowa. Yep. Um, Georgia. Maine. Ah, Maine. Yeah. Anyway, and those are my three random things. I found this article that uh, it was in USA Today that uh, is going to be perfect for you, Callie, because you randomly asked me last week if I knew what the perfect, most ideal length of a nap was. I did because I usually, historically, I have not taken naps after work. However, adding to my uh, roles in life and my current schedule is one tiny human. And I think that I'm just a little more worn out than I used to be, to be totally honest. So I asked Jeff the other day, hey, if I was going to take a nap when I came home, because I don't want to sleep too long because then I can't sleep at night. I can't. This grandma goes to bed at 630. So it needs to be a long enough nap that I feel refreshed, but a short enough nap that I can still sleep at night. The answer that I remembered from years and years ago was 22 minutes. Mm -hmm. Like that, and I remember it because it was tutu. I, that was the thing. But I wanted to know if I was right. So I threw a Google on it. I found this USA Today article, and here are some tips for the perfect power nap. First of all, regarding the time, I was correct. Between 20 and 30 minutes is the ideal length of time. Anything over 40 minutes can get you into that super deep state of sleep, which will either A, be terrible if you wake up in the middle of it. Right. Or B, prevent you from sleeping at night. Here's some other tips for the perfect power nap. Uh, number one, don't snooze a nap. Move your alarm away from. So you have to get up. And so you have it. to yeah. get up and shut your thing off. Uh, two, um, if you're somebody who has trouble sleeping at night at all, completely skip the nap because it could totally jack you up. And number three, immediately after your nap, before you start on the rest of your day, get daylight on your face. So mm -hmm. go outside, yeah. go for a five minute, 10 minute walk, go stand like on our back porch or whatever, go get the mail, something like that, just to get sun shining on your face because that will wake you up faster. Oh, I like that. Thank you for listening to The Upside with Callie and Jeff. Today's episode was brought to you by Dinner Affair, the official meal kit for families. Visit dinneraffair.com slash upside for your exclusive discount. We had a conversation last week about how our, about our two neighbors, Uncle Smokey and the beekeeper, two different people, by the way, there's Uncle Smokey. And then there is also some sort of beekeeper that lives in the apartments across from us. And uh, the beekeeper showed up this weekend and traded out whatever the bee box thing is. And Jeff saw I him. I believe the bee box is referred to as a hive. No, the, the actual container. Yeah, I think that's a hive. Really? I yeah. thought just like the, like what the honey was in was a hive. That's the honeycomb. Oh, okay, got it. So he came to replace- Stand, stand by, so I will Google. He came I to replace the hive and this time Jeff saw it. And I'm like, Jeff, no windows, like all of the, you know, shades are drawn and there are no lights on in that house ever. And since I said that, now Jeff has seen it and we really don't think the guy's living there. You know what I think, I think it's possible yeah, the bee box is a hive. Um, I wonder 
if our community has like some sort of tax thing or because you know honeybees they're endangered you know yeah and the mayor of the town that we live in loves bees so much so that if if somebody posts on next door that they find a nest of honeybees you know on their porch in their garage on a wall in their wall whatever people say call the mayor he'll come rescue them don't exterminate them don't knock it down yeah call, it's his hobby call the mayor to, to save them so i almost wonder if our town has some sort of tax incentive and it's actually a benefit to the apartment community to have bees on property is that possible I think that, no oh no i think that's that's a no. little bit ridiculous kelly's like no nope that's this is a little far-fetched but um it is interesting i just want to know like if you're renting a place why a city apartment and you're not using it for anything else? Like, that's so weird. Maybe it's, maybe it's just his hookup pad. And he happens to have also like be that's a good cover for it. So maybe he's in a relationship, he needs a hookup pad. And maybe the person he's in a relationship with has a terrible bee allergy. So he's like, how can I keep her away from my hookup spot? I know, I'll put bees around it. Also, don't think that's a very strong possibility, but you know, I do love your creative ideas today mm. and um, we'll keep watching. Hey, Callie and Jeff, it's Leslie and I am listening to Supreme Court Callie episode 650 and you're talking about throwing away bananas. Um, you don't have to make banana bread with them right away. You can stick them in your freezer. They end up getting really brown and nasty looking. But when you go, and I'm sorry, that is Bailey, my dog in the background, whining at me to go and get him treats in his um, treat toy. So sorry. Anyway, um, put them in the freezer. They get really nasty and brown. But when you're ready to make banana bread and you thaw them out, the banana bread is extra moist. So anyway, stick them in the freezer. Then you don't have to feel bad about throwing them away. And you can make banana bread anytime you want. Have a great day. Bye. Summer is almost over. And before you know it, the leaves will be falling. Policy Genius can't help you refresh your cool weather wardrobe for autumn. But they can help you shop for another kind of coverage, life insurance. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare quotes from over a dozen top insurers all in one place. Why compare? You could save $1,300 or more per year on life insurance by using Policy Genius to compare policies. And licensed experts at Policy Genius work for you, not the insurance companies. So you can trust them to help you navigate every step of the shopping and buying process. Eligible applicants can get covered in as little as a week thanks to an award-winning policy option that swaps the standard medical exam requirement for a simple phone call. Head to policygenius.com to get started right now. That's P-O-L-I-C-Y-G-E-N-I-U-S.com. Policy Genius. When it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. Oh my gosh, guys, go watch the Bob Ross documentary on Netflix. It is fascinating. I had no idea all the things happened. Um, I'm trying to leave it open so you can go watch it. But his son is on there and talks about his hair and how things played out in his life. And I don't want to say anything because I want you to watch it. Anyway, bye. Hey, so I was listening to your show about waiting for the other 
where you're talking about waiting for the other shoe to drop. And Brene Brown has a really great um, TED Talk about this, and she calls it forbearing. And she basically says that it's a joy stealer. Really, all you're doing is allowing your thoughts to steal the joy from your present situation. Um, So you should find a way to let that go, even when you think you're prepared for the worst. You know, it's not going to make it easier to go through that difficult time. So why allow the potential of something bad happening to take the joy about all the great things that you have today? Anyway, bye. Hey, Kelly and Jeff, this is Paula, and I'm behind on the episode. And I'm listening to the one about how many minutes do you give a new series when you're watching TV. Well, my rule is when reading a book, my husband will look at one and think it's interested, interesting, and I'll say, go to page 20. And if you go to page 20 and you read it and it's captivating, then it's worth keep reading. You know, it's worth buying and starting or whatever. And um, so he's done this with all of his books and find them all to be very interesting. So that's my role for books, like you guys have roles for TV shows. Thanks. Have a great day. Bye. Hi there. I wanted to share my favorite quote by Renee Dumal. You cannot stay on the summit forever. You have to come down again. So why bother in the first place? Just this. What is above knows what is below, but what is below does not know what is above. One climbs, one sees. One descends, one sees no longer, but one has seen. There is an art of conducting oneself in the lower regions by the memory of what one saw higher up. When one can no longer see, one can at least still know. If you do a kind act for someone, your karma that you receive or your good energy that you put out in the world or whatever terms you want to put that in is not dependent upon the person completing that transaction with the intent in which it was given. Do the good deed and stay upsidey.